Thanks for joining us today for the High Point Church Podcast. We are very excited that God is using messages from our church to touch lives in and around the world. Welcome to the High Point Church Podcast. Let's pray now. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you again. You are good. You are kind. You are merciful. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for how you have stood by us all this while. Lord, as we take time to look into your word this morning, we ask that you speak to us. We ask that you give us understanding. We ask that you guide us in your word. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, we'll be looking at what um, I've tried to title as Being God's Voice. We started a series a couple of weeks ago on voices. And um, with the recent things that are happening all, over, all across the country, especially last weekend at Las Vegas, I mean... Anyone who heard it would definitely begin to think and, you know, try and start to process what's happening at the back of their mind, uh, at the back of our minds, and we begin to wonder that I mean, what would push somebody to do something as drastic as that? I mean, it's it, it's there, there are no words to, to really describe it. News calls it a massacre, and I mean. We wonder, I mean, even though people are trying to find out what was going on behind the mind of this person, but the truth is that, I mean, it's evident that, you know, like people even ask and say, is, didn't God know about this? Didn't God know about this? You know, I mean, where was God in all this? You know, God is always God. And I, I, like a preacher once said that even before God created everything, he had been God. And there's nothing that's going to change God from being God. And definitely that is not the act of God. You know, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's obviously that's the act of the devil. And, and, and that's very clear. And one of the things we need to know is that the way God operates, God operates by speaking. God speaks. And since God is spirit, he needs man. To speak. I mean, the Bible says that God, you know, heaven is his throne and the earth he has given to the children of men. If God is going to operate here on earth, he needs a man, he needs a person to operate here on earth. And so for God's voice to be heard, he needs a man, a woman to speak on his behalf. And that's why we want to look at what we what I titled being God's voice. God wants us to be his voice. God desires that we become his voice, his mouthpiece. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9, it says, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. This was God speaking to Jeremiah. His desire was that Jeremiah would be his mouthpiece in his generation, in his time. And God said, Look, I want to put my words in your mouth. And I believe this is not only applicable to Jeremiah. God wants to put his words in our mouth. 
you know, God wants to put his words in our mouth and that's the only way he can be heard in our own time, in our own generation. Too many voices are crowding our world today. Too many voices are crowding our world today. Everybody is talking, but God needs to be heard. God needs to be heard. You know, um, Winston Churchill, former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom said, when the eagles are silent, the parrots begin to jabber. You know, when the eagles are silent, parrots begin to jabber. You know, and so if God's people are silent, I mean, the voices that don't really, can't give direction, can't give peace, will begin, that's what we'll be hearing everywhere. And I believe that one of the reasons why we see a lot of evil in our world today is because God's people are not, I mean, God's voice is not heard enough. And that means God's people have not positioned themselves to being His voice. And so, the voice of, I, I like us to know that God's voice can be heard not just through our words, God's voice can be heard through our works, can be heard through the way we live our lives. You know, our works can speak for God. Our words, of course, definitely speak, echo God's voice or proclaim or express God's voice. And even the way we live our life, our character, you know, expresses God's voice. You know, I mean... The way we respond to the things that are happening, like, to be very honest, there are certain things that are happening today that we don't have control over, like the storms and the earthquake. They're the signs of the times we're in. But the way we respond to such times, you know, helps God's voice to be heard throughout the words we say, the way we, we, we act, the way we respond, like, thank God what we're doing today, trying to contribute towards those who are laboring and trying to make sure things are restored in those earthquake areas, those storm-torn areas. That's one of the ways in which God's voice can be heard loud and clear. So God's voice can be heard through our words, can be heard through our works, and can be heard through the way we live our lives. I want to say that the voice of God is the voice of love. That's one thing. When God speaks, it's because he wants the world to know that he loves the world. You know, he loves us. He wants us to know that we, he loves us. Jeremiah 31, 3, I have it here. It says, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With an unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. I would like to put this way. I have, you know, let's personalize it. God has loved us. It says, not just with an ordinary love, with an everlasting love, with an unfailing love. And when we, and when we speak for him, we help him to express the love he has for our generation, for the people around us, our neighbors, family members, colleagues at work, colleagues on campus, wherever we are. As we speak the word of God, as we, as we become God's voice, God's voice begins to express his love to the people around us. One of the greatest need of man is love. That's why John 3.16, we know too well, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was the fullness of God's love towards mankind. And people need to know that God loves them, especially in times like this. You know, people, the best, one of the major questions in people's heart is, where is God in all this? Why couldn't God prevent that man, that 64-year-old man in Las Vegas last weekend? 
why couldn't God drive the storm or the earthquake away? Why couldn't it happen somewhere else where people don't exist? So many questions in the heart of people. But the issue is that God's love is steadfast. He says, I have loved Israel with an everlasting love. Amen. God's love is steadfast. And we need to let people know that God loves them. You know, when, when, when things happen in our lives that we can't go, maybe as parents, you know, maybe things happen, you know, in, in, in the family, we, we, we ought to be there for our children, you know. I mean, when it's not because we caused them. I mean, we, we, we didn't cause those things, but our children need to know that we love them. Sometimes we may not even say a word, just a hug, just a smile, just a touch is enough to let people know that God is there for them. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God's word is, I mean, God's voice is the voice of love. God's voice also is the voice of hope. Amen. God's voice is the voice of hope. When, when we become God's voice, when we are God's voice, we ought to speak hope to situations. We ought to speak hope to circumstances. I love the way Romans 4 verse 18 puts it. When God had spoken to Abraham, you know, for years, Sarah, his wife, had no child. And God told him, look, I'm going to bless you with a child. It looked like it wasn't going to happen. But verse 18, Romans chapter 4, Paul, recounting this situation, said, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. You know, who, what caught my attention there is who against hope believed in hope. In other words, sometimes things may look hopeless, but when God speaks, hope is revived again. Amen. When God speaks, hope is revived again. So God wants us to be the voice of hope to our community, the voice of hope in our families, the voice of hope wherever we go, you know, the voice of hope. There's a lot of hopeless situations around. You turn left, you turn right, you look backwards, you look front. It looks like there seems to be no way. But the God we serve is the master who knows how to make a way where there's no way. He spoke to Abraham, he said, Look, you know, I will, I will make a way. You will give birth to a child. Sarah will give birth. Maybe when Sarah felt, look, I mean, is, is, uh, is this thing going to be possible? But Abraham stood by God's word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like the way a preacher said it once, you know. You know, you know Sarah had passed menopause. And he said, and he said you know, they call it menopause, you know. It's menopause. But it's not menostop. You know, when it's pause, you can play it again. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So, the voice of God is the voice of hope. Hallelujah. Amen. Gives hope to our situation. Praise God. Amen. All right. The voice of God is also the voice of peace. It's the voice of peace. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're troubled. You know, you know sometimes we're confused. And not, not only us, but the things that are happening, especially in the last one or two months, People are confused. People are distressed. You know, but the voice of God is the voice that brings peace. You know, in, in Genesis, we heard, a, we, 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 we heard about the story of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a, a king then, you know, and he had a dream. And in that dream, he didn't understand the dream. And Joseph came and interpreted the dream and said, look, there's going to be famine for seven years. First of all, seven years of plenty. 
then seven years of famine. And wow, that looks like disaster coming. But you know what Joseph told Pharaoh? Say, relax. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And I want to say the same today, that God wants us to be the answer of peace through his voice to our friends, in our families, in our community, to be that answer of peace in times like this. You know, things are just going haywire, things are not settled here and there, but just a word, sometimes just a smile, and then peace comes to that situation. You see, we, we may not have the answers, but just a word of peace is enough, you know. You know, it's, it's not about getting an answer. Don't focus about answers. You know, the Bible says there's a peace that passes understanding, and that comes from God. It's a peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. There's a peace that comes only from God, and He wants us to be the vehicle to convey that peace to our generation through the words He wants to put, through His word He wants to put in our mouth. Praise God. Hallelujah. And also, God's voice is the voice of correction. Yes. Amen. That's what many of us don't like to hear. But God wants to correct us. Definitely, we are far from perfect. Perfect. You know, we move from one level of perfection to another level of perfection. There are so many things that are not right in our times. And God needs his people to speak out and say what is right. Amen. Praise God. To live right and say what is right. Amen. So many things are not in place. So many things are not being done properly. But of course, when we speak the truth, we speak it in love. Amen. Praise God. But it's a voice of correction. You know, I like 2 Timothy 3.16. says, all scripture, that means all of God's word is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right that's what god's word is and so sometimes we need to be bold to tell our to tell people what needs to be done properly amen god is a god of order some things need to be done right i remember recently we had um like we had a chiropractor come to us in the office and he was telling us so many things about nervous system you know how that if you're spinal cord is bent and stuff like that it could affect your health made a lot of sense he said okay even if you do all that and you keep taking in junk in you know and eating anyhow it's not going to change anything you know so the same thing you know sometimes we we we, we say okay well god 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 is blessing us but if we do things wrong the blessing can turn to something else in our lives you understand so God, Bible says that shall we continue doing what is wrong and expect that the grace of God to abound? And Paul said it's not going to work like that. So sometimes God needs us to speak what is right. Tell people this is the right thing to do. Amen. We can't just keep quiet. All right. Then God's word, I mean God's voice rather, is the voice of direction. God's voice gives direction. Amen. God's word gives direction. Sometimes we don't know what to do, and God's word begins to shed light on our path. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, we need to commit to live, sorry, it says, your word rather, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You know, some, sometimes people don't know exactly where to go with direction to take, God's word 
helps give direction. God wants us to be the voice that speaks direction, to tell our family this is the way to go. Tell people around us this is the, what to do. This is the next thing to do. One of the greatest needs in our time is the, to, the, the need to know the next step to take. Amen. Some people just get confused at a certain level. They don't know what to do. But, you know, being the mouthpiece of God, we can serve to fill in that gap and be the voice that gives our world direction. The Bible says that we are what? The light of the world. A city set on a hill. We are a reference point. That means people ought to look to us for direction. That's what the church ought to be. That's what individuals, believers ought to be. People need to look at us and then take a direction. But, you know, but we, we shouldn't allow the world to give us direction. We ought to give the world direction. Paul says, be not conformed to this world, but be what transformed by what the renewing of our mind. So through, we can become God's voice. And when we become God's voice, God expects that we give direction. God expects we give direction to our world. Praise God. Amen. Right. How do we become God's voice? What are the things that we need to do to become God's voice? First of all, we need to commit to live out God's word if we must become his voice to our world. We need to commit to live out God's word if we must become a voice. I like what Acts chapter 1 verse 1 says about Jesus. It says, there, it says in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began first to do and then to teach. First to do. Not, notice the order. He, Jesus did. He practiced before he be preached. He practiced. You know, some, to, today, the reason why the world doesn't listen to us because we don't seem to practice what we preach. Do you understand? But when we practice and our life is a model of what we preach, then we are qualified to be his voice. So he says here, I mean, says in Acts 1 verse 8, all that just began to do first and then to teach. Amen. Praise God. So God wants, I mean, if we're going to become God's voice, we need to commit to practice what we preach. And for that to happen, we need to know his word. We need to know his word. How much time do we give to study his word? How much time do we give to look at God's word? How much time do we give to meditate in God's word? In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night. Why? So you will be sure to obey. So you will be sure to practice everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. That's a very emphatic statement here. It says here, the only way we can be word practitioners, if you allow me the use of that word, is to give ourselves to study, to give ourselves to meditation of the word of God. Spend time to take in the word. You know, the word of God must go beyond just information. The word of God must be a revelation to us. You know, many a times, if you look at the Bible, you read, you read the scriptures, you find several, the Bible says, in the, in especially when, when it talks about the prophets, it says, and the word of the, the Lord was revealed 
unto Jeremiah. The word of the Lord was revealed unto Ezekiel. The word of God was revealed unto Isaiah until it becomes revelation. It won't bring a transformation in our lives. And revelation comes when we commit to study, when we commit to meditate, to think, to ponder on God's word. Praise God. So we need to commit to study his word. So according to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, study his word, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Two examples of people in the scriptures that became God's voice in generation. One is Samuel. I'm sure we, we have an idea of the story of Samuel. Samuel was born in a time that God's voice was hardly heard. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 reads, says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. Very rare. Visions were quite uncommon. But we could see that Samuel rose up to fill in the gap. And God is looking for people that will rise up like Samuel and fill in the gap. You know, we can't be silent. You know, remember what Church Winston said. He said, when eagles are silent, you know, parrots begin to jabber. You know, all right. So it says, in 1 Samuel 3, it said the visions were scarce. The word of God was very rare. Then in verse 19 of that text, 19 and 20, Later, concerning Samuel, it says, And Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. I love that. Everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. He became God's mouthpiece in his generation. He spoke for God. And all Israel from Dan in the north to Bathsheba in the south knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and give messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. Amen. Wow. Samuel rose up to the king. He became God's voice to his generation, to his community, where he worked, where he lived, you know, and that's what God expects from us. Another person that became God's voice, strong voice for God in Bible days was Isaiah. Amen. Interestingly, if you read Isaiah, Chapter 1 to chapter 5, he was busy prophesying. He, was, he, he thought he was doing what was right. And if you, know, if you read those first chapters, he did a lot of condemnation. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then in chapter 6, interestingly, when he had an encounter with God, he began to say, woe is me. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, he was busy doing what was. That means there were certain things that were not right. And he had to, I mean, God, God had to deal with certain things in his life, you know. And sometimes we need to allow God to deal with certain things in our lives if we're going to qualify to be his true voice in our generation. Sometimes we get so condemnational, you know, and we get blinded. We get self, caught up in self-righteousness. You know, are, are you with me? So, so, so we, need God to, we need the Lord to break our hearts so that we can truly become his voice. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6 to 8, it says, Then one of the seraphim flew, seraphim is an angel, flew to him, to me, that's Isaiah, with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongues. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. And your sins are forgiven. Wow. Then verse 8 says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Who will 
go for us. And I said, here I am. Send me. Amen. I pray somebody today will lift their hands and say, Lord, here am I, I am. Send me. Make me your voice in my community, my country, my city, where I work, at home. God wants to be heard. God needs to be heard. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a great need in our dispensation. God needs to be heard. And today the challenge is, will we be God's voice to our world? Will we be God's voice to our world? Will we take up the challenge like Isaiah did, like Samuel did? Will we become the voice of God? community, in our nation. Will we be his mouthpiece? Like he said to Jeremiah, I want to put my word in your mouth. We allow his word to be placed in our mouths. You know, words are being placed in our mouth. But we, but we need to say, whose word do we want placed in our mouth? Everybody speaks. As long as we are saying something, Somebody's word is in our mouth. We're hearing something. We're hearing something. We're responding. To, once, once we speak, we're responding to something. Are we responding to the, what we are hearing God speak to us? Or are we responding to the vibes around? God wants us to respond to what he is saying in our generation. The Bible says man will not live by bread alone, but by the preceding word from the mouth of God. Our existence is in God's word. His word is light. His word is life. Everything takes key or takes cue from the word of God. Everything. The Bible says all things were made by the word. Nothing that was made that was not made. I want, you, I, I, I want to dare to say this morning science must take cue from the word of God. Not the word of God take cue from science. All things were made by the word. Praise God. And I want you to know that no matter the situation you're in today, as you position yourself and allow God's voice to be your stay, He will transform you and make you some peace. Can we just rise up this morning? Neighborhoods want to be light. Now, nation wants to be light. 
voices of hatred to, to be cloud your voice. We want your voice to gain the upper hand in our times. Yes, we want your voice to gain the upper hand. Thank you, Father. We want your voice to gain the upper hand in our time. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the High Point Church Podcast. If anything you've heard on this podcast has made an impact on your life, we would love to hear about it. You can email us at info at hpcphilly.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at hpcgiving.com and help us continue to bring messages to you and your community. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have an amazing week.